This is Andres from Double Tap, and you're listening to In Orbit on Mash Those Buttons. Guardian. Guardian. Guardians, and welcome to episode 20 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. I'm your host, Jorge, aka GoToNRG, and on today's show, we have the master of making people explode with the icebreaker, John, aka Waldy. Say hi. I'm back, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) We're also joined by the master of creeping people out by saying, I saw your face randomly, Alan. Say hi. Hello. Uh, so on today's show, uh, there's a couple topics we're going to be discussing. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Last week, uh, there was a live stream, um, the Dreadnought. Wow. Yes. And everybody, at least most rational people, went into the thing knowing that they weren't going to be delivering news, that it was just going to be about the Dreadnought. Oh. That being said... I thought it was a pretty disappointing live stream. I, uh, while they did show some concept art and they kind of explained certain things, um, they did mention that one big area I was telling you about at the beginning where they had intentionally left it empty and then kind of built you up to, to the whole experience. I, I still think that they could have done more because they didn't really say anything or show anything that we haven't really seen before. And all they did were two missions. The very first mission when you get on the Dreadnought and uh, Regicide where you go and fight Oryx. Uh, You go through the portal, fight his minions, and then fight the Master himself uh, before you go into the raid. So it was an okay experience. They didn't really say much. Deej really didn't do much. And it was kind of whatever. Uh, then came this week's live stream, which was a two-parter. You had the music Vidoc, and then you had the interview with the, uh, the two voice actresses uh, for Marisov and who's the queen, and for Eris Morn, who's been all over the place. She's been on Fireteam Chat, she's been on Planet Destiny, and now she's on the Vidoc. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She's a pretty cool individual, and and I like her voice. I like her character. Um, even though when you first saw her in uh, the dark below was kind of you're creepy. Stop it. <laughs> now it's like oh you're creepy, but I like you. Mm-hmm. So, you gave me raisins on Halloween. Right. Um, <laughs> when do they have the voice of Tess Everest? Oh my. Well, they had Lakshmi on the Vidoc. They had Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the robot who was like transmitting communications. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they had like, Shax. Uh, they like, had. Let me talk about the check they gave me in order to say those things. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi. Oh. <laughs> um. Too heavy. 
I thought Jack, it was. <laughs> Jack is too heavy. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh my! Transmitting mutation. Not enough time. Dead orbit package. Must pick up. Too heavy. So I found it interesting on who they did show and who they didn't show. Um, if you notice, Bill Nye was shown pretty heavily in that little Vidot, mm -hmm. which. Yes, they could have been recording over the course of the year, but usually when they when they show people or show certain things, it's an indication of future things to come. Which makes me feel like they've recently had Bill Nye on because mm -hmm. they did some recordings for future things. Which, it'd be interesting because they haven't really done much with the speaker lately. Uh, he's just been there saying the same exact lines he's been saying since Vanilla Destiny. Moving him around the tower with the ball. Right. And Moving him around the tower with the ball. Oh, that little glitch is hilarious. Yeah. It took us 18 hours to put that ball in the tower. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a small live stream documentary about that ball. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, no new content will be discussed in this live stream. <laughs> yeah, th that's another thing. Uh, before they showed the the music uh, video, they pretty much put a disclaimer. We won't be discussing new content yeah. here. And I could see, like, as soon as they did that, like, a quarter of the viewers, like, instantly Can just fell off. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I watched it later on the day, so I wasn't able to see that. It was like as soon as that popped up, everybody was like lulls in the chat. L O L O L O L. <laughs> click off, click off, click off, click off. Oh my. Um, and I'm just kind of it, it's kind of frustrating to me because it it details two things. One, people don't read. <laughs> two, people kind of want their own thing, even when they tell you that something's happening. A certain mm -hmm. way. So, is, is it entitlement or like, how do I really like go about describing this? Like, I I, I don't I don't know how to 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 really feel like because I I constantly see it in everything. Just they they tell you one thing, and I see all these people saying, "Oh, they're, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do this," and then they get disappointed because th they don't do that, even though they've already said anyway. The hype train, man. The hype train, the hype is, train. Is, 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 is a very weird train. Mm -hmm. So, the music one was cool, and it, and, it, and it confirmed certain things that people were had already read in the, in the grimoire about the queen. Pirate queen. Right, that the queen's alive, and that she's going to be... Even though they, they said something about 2020, which makes me think that there's going to be something going on later on. Mm-hmm. Or that they already have the the new story put together, and that they're going forward with that one. I'm just I'm, I'm interested to see what they they're gonna do with the story. But the music one was definitely more involved and more interesting than the dreadnought one. Now, that being said, I I think that you're at a point where you kind of have to drop some sort of hints or some sort of small nuggets of information for the spring update like people right now it, it's very clear people are frustrated and you're doing yourself a disservice by not dropping 
new artwork, new nuggets. Like, so I heard something about you know changing channels with a universal remote, like something like a like to give clues about what might be coming in the spring update. Because mm-hmm. right now, like people are starting to leave the game in droves for the division, and and. Even people who are playing the division, they're like, I'm just playing this until I get something new. Like mm-hmm. the division is okay, but it's not Destiny. And I'm not That's saying true. this to, to badmouth the division. Me personally, Division is not my type of game. Uh, I've never been a fan of the third person shooter. Um when I was looking at it, uh it reminded me a lot of SOCOM from back in the day and uh just a lot of other Tom Clancy style games. Uh, what is it? Not is it Rainbow Six? Anyway, just the way it looks doesn't appeal to me, so it's not my type of game. I'm I don't not like ba- games in which I can't jump. <laughs> John doesn't like <laughs> games that he can't jump. And it rem- when I was w- looking at it, it reminded me a lot of Vanilla Destiny because you're putting all these bullets into a boss or some sort of guy or whatever, and they don't die. Uh, they don't really take serious damage. Uh, uh, I think. Uh, you guys know Demas, right? Um, Junior Demas. Mm-hmm. We, I was watching him play, and he was going up against the the, the guy in the the bomb suit who was walking around with a flamethrower. He's mm-hmm. putting all this all these bullets into the guy, and I'm just watching his health go like, eh. eh. Mm-hmm. He's basically Valstark. He's Valstark on crack. Valstark wishes he had that kind of armor. <laughs> that guy would like go up on Valstark. Yeah. Bring him to a crisp in like five seconds. <laughs> Give me a treads upon stars. Um, <laughs> but besides that, just I, I see that people are they're, they're upset and they're fed up with Destiny. And you're at a point right now where people got burned with the first year of Destiny. People came back to second year of Destiny expecting something, you know, ex- expansive, that there was going to be some sort of content release, you know. And they're not getting it, and now people are feeling burned twice. Those same people are not going to come back a third time. And you're doing yourself a really big disservice to the future of the game that is, for a lot of people, it's going to have to be something humongous to get them to come back. And the only thing coming out this year is an expansion. Like, if it's just an expansion, how are these people going to be interested in coming back? I just don't see that. What are your thoughts, Waldy? Uh, I, judging by what I've heard from the about the division so far, it, it doesn't sound like Destiny has has lost anybody to the game. It's mm-hmm. a kind of a an in between time, uh, time waster, I guess. Um, it's so disappointing, and and I know we're going to get into a discussion of of. Uh, the article on on a triple A game, the making of a triple A game. They had so much money here to to create this game and to really build off of it. And we we all know about the uh, the, the behind the behind the scenes stories of the writer and the uh, composer and what happened to the story and and got even to the um, the the systems that they have in in making this game and the issues that they have with that. They had to produce more, and they really didn't put out enough. 
and it, it almost feels like they weren't prepared for this for for a game that was supposed to 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 have this type of size you would have think they would have been a little bit more prepared all throughout it's just not there and we're stuck with these long periods of time with with nothing to do the the game right now is boring um uh, you just find yourself going into the crucible and and after like 20 minutes you start at why am i here nothing really matters anymore it doesn't really matter whether or not you have a light level at 320 because there isn't really a difference, that much of a difference between a player that's 320 and a player is 315. There's, it's the issues with the game that just doesn't seem to be to be fixed throughout. Uh, the weapon balancing, um, nothing is there. And the fact that, they, hey, it's great, you want to throw out some behind-the-scenes stuff. And that, that's wonderful for people that are so entrenched in the game that that's what they want to know about and that's what they want to learn. But to me, that doesn't mean anything. I, I don't love the game that much to, to do that, even with, with movies. I, just because a, a DVD may offer behind the scenes and some interviews doesn't mean I watch it uh, just because I like the movie. I have to really love something in order to want to do that. And if, if you're going to put your time and energy into, into doing that, I'm really disappointed that the time isn't going into something and trying to keep people into playing this game keep it interesting and have things to offer. Yeah, I at times I feel bad for people that have joined into this game late because that they made it so easy to 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 get to a point to level up, but now there's not people in order to to get even farther whether it be uh, getting raid gear. Uh they're all kind of just stuck now waiting for the for Destiny 2 to come out, you know, spring of 2017. It's again. Uh, we've had our uh, talks about what what Bungie did wrong, and and there's there's a lot that went wrong. And I know at times they've they've tried to th just throw some things out there, you know, whether it be the events like the um, what was the whole Valentine's Day thing, Crimson Days, Crimson Days. There you go, Crimson Days, and the lovely. Um, um, PlayStation One graphics that they th threw onto the uh, the tower, um, <laughs> or the the two map uh, racing SLR. SRL, e or, yeah, yeah uh, the <laughs> shit racing. Um, <laughs> Tell me how you the, really feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to offer something with some substance. Uh, and if you don't, just people will leave and they'll, they'll find something else to do. The The only thing right now, and I mentioned the, the division, is if something does come out that really does grab people, that that won't be as much of a grind, that people feel much more rewarded for, and um, they, they find themselves devoting time and energy into it, because whether it be a story or the gameplay, then then they'll have some issues. Um, Division doesn't, at least in the beginning right now, it sounds like it's more of just another grind. And, you know, after a few months, they may get tired of it. But um, it's disappointing to see such a, a big, quote unquote, triple A game have all this money put towards it. And uh, the product 
was nothing more than something that could have been could have been a groundbreaking a one of a kind game uh, there there with the division out there are cool concepts and and very interesting ideas that are coming forth from that game that I would like to see um put into destiny um the whole system that they got currently with the weapons where you can t- put in different scopes or whatever I've always found that uh, a very appealing thing um I'm almost at the point where I kind of want there to be certain scopes or that you can pick up. Because the whole thing about randomly getting a gun, you know, okay, let's say that in the new Destiny, let's say that you get a gun. You only have a basic scope on it. Like every single gun comes with the same exact scope, and then you get certain parts. You know, certain parts are legendary, certain parts are rare, certain parts are whatever. So, like, for example, the rare scope will be, I don't know, we'll just say the long V one. And then the legendary one, which is hard to get, will be the short gaze or the the ambush or whatever. But like make it so that you can build your own sniper rifle based on certain parts. But the second you put it on there, you can't switch it around to another gun or something along those lines. You you have to earn another short gaze scope or another short gaze whatever. And certain scopes are won't be compatible with certain weapon makers. And same thing with the perks. Make certain make a lot of these perks specific to a certain weapon maker or or whatever. Like it makes sense for Suros to have, I don't know, um like the perfect balance or or a an extended mag. But it doesn't make sense for something like Amalon to have that same perk. Like make it so that Amalon has has the ability to, to switch uh, elements. Like, it, it, when I think of Ambalon, I think of alien-style weapons. You know, switch elements, um, different types of, like an x-ray scope or something like that. That way you can kind of see what's around the corner. Like, it seems like it seems like something that should be exotic, but if you think about it, what does Ambalon look like? They look like laser pistols. Like, it, it's, it fits in with the, like, with that game style, like, and you can change the game in so many ways by offering these types of perks and these types of things that I, I think would make the, would change the game drastically while not doing much at the same time. Um, so uh, that's, that's kind of a direction I want to see them go that would be cool that I was inspired to think about when I saw these different things where you get in scopes, get in weapon parts or whatever. Uh, did you, have you played much of the the division, uh, Alan? Uh, I played about seven hours of a beta. I haven't picked up the the full game because when I was playing the beta, I was I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it. Honestly, the mechanics, the feel of the game is nice, but it feels like a, an amalgamation of Uncharted with a Tom Clancy game. And it's just like, I, I kind of think that it's not going to last like Destiny did. Destiny, you could add, you could add a lot of stuff to that. Just anything, anything you can think of, you could add to it, right? Division is more based in reality and 
I don't think that they could come up with that much new things for that game to keep it interesting as long as Destiny. Obviously, Destiny has had its periods where it's just kind of bland, but they come back and they give you new content eventually. Division, they're going to give you new content, but sometime you're going to have to solve the problem. There's not going to be like an alien threat that comes out of nowhere. Like Oryx isn't going to come to New York City and just try and like take everyone. So be careful. You're going to give them story ideas. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. uh... Destiny in New York City. Mm -hmm. I I'm not really looking forward to playing the division that much. uh, Mostly just because the mechanics aren't my style. I prefer first person, prefer first first person shooter mechanics rather than third person. What I what I kind of want to see Destiny do too. Well, it's nice that we've gotten these big gigantic bosses. Mm-hmm. I kind of want them to go for one expansion anyway, at least. Mm-hmm. Kind of want them to go in the, in the route of Final Fantasy X. Was it ten? Where it introduced the judges? No, it wasn't ten. What am I saying? It's thirteen. Anyway, it was it was the knights, where they weren't giant enemies. It was like these knights. It was like a group of seven or eight knights, and they were all led by one guy, but they weren't world destroyers. It was basically like regular guys. They were just powered up mm-hmm. guys, and it'd be cool to see like a band of guardians who've just gone completely rogue, infected by the darkness, are building power with it with the darkness. Your job is to stop them because they're starting to take over and like make a new enemy type guardians. (laughs) Like, I know it sounds weird, but like, have guardians like infect like certain enemy types in the world and then they fight with them. They, Mm -hmm. They learn the power of control. That way, you're it's not exactly taken per se, but like, Mm -hmm. you're fight like, you you see all these guardians fighting alongside, uh, Fallen or Cabal or whatever, or they're working with the Cabal or just or something Bex. along those lines. Like it'd be cool to to actually go up against an actual Guardian style enemy, mm-hmm. um, who's leading a pack of uh, let's say Fallen or whatever, and like it's a mixed group of enemies, mm-hmm. and they're working together to try to stop you. And then the actual bosses will be like the generals of that group, mm-hmm. and it leads up to the final battle where you're fighting up against this guy, and he has like all these turrets or whatever fighting up against like it'd be mm-hmm. cool if they took it in a, a smaller not grand scale like oryx when yeah. you think oryx you think of universe destroyer like this would be like more of a side story thing like city destroyer right like these these guardians wanted to control the city they're fed up with the, like leadership it's like mm-hmm. it's like new monarchy on acid just like they went all over <laughs> the edge and I, and I think it'd be kind of cool to go in that direction uh, for an expansion in the future. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and, and um, jump into the, the last really big topic, uh, which is making of a AAA title. Um, former Destiny developers, uh, Jamie Greisemer, I think I'm, I'm uh, Greisemer, I might be mispronouncing that last name, so I apologize, and Marty O'Donnell, um, they used to work on Halo and Destiny. Uh, they did an interview with uh, Playboy, which has changed from what it used to be to 
uh, a much different type of company. Uh, the reason they did an interview is because they're currently developing a VR game uh, called Gollum. Um, if you guys remember, Marty O'Donnell was the sound guy who sued Bungie and won, and because of that lawsuit, a lot of internal documents came out that Activision and Bungie were kind of playing close to the chest. Um, and it, it brought up the topic of whether large, um, when the, the larger the teams get, the, the, the worse the game becomes. At least that was the perception I was getting. They had this idea for a grand scale for Destiny. Problem is, their idea was so broad and, and it had so many changing parts that it doesn't make sense in terms of game development or for the life of... Or like, you have to get things out on a specific timeline. They were so used to the old style of, you know, it, it'll come out when it's done. Which works for Nintendo beautifully. Does not work when you have when you have you know a game that's supposed to have yearly updates, and because the ideas went all over the place, everything was scrapped and things changed. You know these guys got a little bit of a you know a little butt hurt, and mm -hmm. it seemed like they were kind of throwing some shade on Bungie and Activision because they were talking about you know we could set up a situation where each of these three people looks at the other two as an obstacle to their success. You don't just say something like that unless you experience that. And it, and it feels like to them, like whoever was working there at Bungie at the time wanted them out because they weren't doing stuff in a timely manner. So it, it seemed like a little bit of shade going on and this anger. And, and, it, and it's an interesting interviewed I, I do recommend that you guys read it um, I'll go ahead and include it in the show notes but it, it just opens up questions as to whether they weren't they were impeding their own progress for the for this game and for the for the consumer whether they they probably weren't focusing their thoughts you know, enough mm -hmm. everybody brings up for example Hideo Kojima um, he's a fantastic developer Created, uh, you know, the Metal Gear Solid series had a giant hand in the way um, games are perceived now and presented now. Because of Metal Gear Solid, a lot of games went into a heavily cinematic experience. Yes, you could even argue Final Fantasy VII was the first one to really push that, but Hideo Kojima kind of refined that. You know, they he, because of him, a lot of games had this really heavy cinematic experience going forward. Um, and the knock on him always was that he was a perfectionist, wanted everything to be absolutely perfect. That's fine, but you know, at a certain point, you have to put out a product. Mm -hmm. You can't keep de delaying and delaying and delaying because that's a lot of funds that you're putting towards something that is being canceled. Yeah, this um, uh, this type of thing is very common with uh, Japanese studios. Though they want everything to be perfect, and they take forever to put out the game. Right. Uh, just look at Square Enix with Kingdom Hearts 3. I've been waiting for that game for, like, for years. And it's just, like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. Just put it out. Right. I don't play it already. Right, and, and the problem is that at a certain point, like, the game loses what its identity was when it, it just 
when it got revealed. Well, everybody's excited for Kingdom Hearts 3. But do you think that it's going to have the same audience that it could have had had it come out back in the day? Like several years ago. Like Kingdom Hearts 2 came out how many years? Like 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, around. And it's like the next, the, the sequel to, to finally explain, because nobody knows what the hell's going on in Kingdom Hearts anyway. That's beside the point. <laughs> the first, like, darkness. The darkness of the hearts. The hearts mm. of the darkness and the darkness mm. and the like. Stop it with the darkness! It's like explain what's going on. It's like, <laughs> and what the hell does Winnie the Pooh singing? You know, something about everything is better and 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 romping around the hundred acre wood have to do with the darkness? Explain <laughs> something like just anyway. Like at a certain point, the, the nostalgia is just going to wear off, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to have the audience that it it. it, it it was going to have or could have had back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I totally get that. But like for the people, I, this game coming out is for the people that were in love with that game when it came out and are still in love with it to this day. Speaking, the guy speaking as a giant keyblade, keyblade in the background, in the background on on his yeah. on his wall. If for everyone that's listening, if you don't know, I have a giant keyblade on my wall behind me that everyone can see. Yes. And it's amazing. So yes. You know how much of a fan I am. Nerd. Shh. I have um. a throw blanket. <laughs> Mickey Mouse wearing the Philadelphia Eagles. Helmet. <laughs> does he have a keyblade? No. He does not. <laughs> not <bad. laughs> but <laughs> I think it's... It, it, my point is, at a certain point, you have to concentrate everything and stop being so broad. It's just at a certain point, you have to put something out. Mm-hmm. And I think that these guys, they kind of lost their way. They got frustrated because of the new <clears throat> partnership with Activision. They knew they had to put something out, but they 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 got frustrated when... Everything was being was trying to be concentrated when they were still in this artistic open uh, mode, and they wanted to have all these, you know, put more ideas, more ideas, more ideas, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to concentrate and they didn't want to move forward, and and that's what it seems like to me. Well, I think it's it's the you know, one of those classic battles between the artists and and the money, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the. the the business has what what they want to do, and then they have to rely on the artist to try and get them there. But there has to be that in between of, all right, well, ultimately, our job here is to make money, not for you guys just to just sit on on what you're making for mm-hmm. for years at a time. Um, so I, you know, I, I understand. Okay, as as an artist, I'd be frustrated too if if the company is kind of pushing me to put something out that I'm not necessarily 100% happy with, but they have to see it from the company's perspective too, of like, we're here to make money, not for you just to be an artist and, and give you the tools just to play around with stuff. Um, you know, there, there has to be that kind of communication and there have been companies that have put out 
phenomenal AAA games that had, you know, large amounts of people working on them. So it's possible. They can make a successful, well-rounded game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to me, after a while, it, it's just really just kind of complaining. We weren't able to do what we wanted to do. We didn't like the atmosphere because of, uh, uh, of having all these different people and all the people in, having input. Well, welcome to the, to the large business world. <laughs> and that's everywhere in which there's a lot of people where there's a lot of employees. There's always going to be some, some red tape and bureaucracy. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't like it, then you, you know, fall back into the more independent style um, game making. And which sounds like what they did. So that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's good for them. They, they recognized that they didn't care for how something worked and, and they moved on. But yeah, to really complain about it, I'm sure there's people that do prefer being in, in more of the, the larger scale type games because they're excited by what they can produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you guys don't know what, what, what Gollum is, I'll also uh, put a link in the show notes for that. Um, as I do think it's an interesting concept on on VR, I just my, my thing about VR has always been um, as we were talking about this before we went live on the show um, that VR is a very cool concept and there's a lot of good things about it. But at a certain point, people want to get off of moving their hands or turning their heads, stay still, and look at a screen of some sort. And while you can say, for example, have a VR game where all the movement is controlled with a joystick, at a certain point, you kind of also want to detach the entire world that you're trying to play in or, or experience in and kind of want to have that feeling that it's in front of you, that you have control over it, and that pe- other people can engage in that world who are right next to you. Um, I know, John... You were speaking a long time ago um, when we were doing Crucible about um, having parties where you would guys would play the Wii and it would be a fun experience, but it wouldn't you weren't detached from the people that were around you. You were mm-hmm. you were actively engaging. You guys were having fun all together, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I th- I think VR suffers from because you put this headset on that only one person can experience. And yes, there are ways of seeing what somebody's seeing on the screen. But it's not the same experience as, you know, being able to look next to you and say, oh, hey, Alan, you saw what I just did? Hello. Although if somebody did say something like that, that would be kind of weird, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, but basically, like, you can engage with the person next to you. And VR, while you can say, did you guys see that? Or, like, what happened there? Like, it kind of loses its touch. You, you kind of just, like whatever and, and like people could literally walk away from you and you not even realize it and then you're all of a sudden you're talking to yourself and you're just like oh it got really odd uh, mm-hmm. it gets weird enough when i'm like like some people like put mute on their mics and i'm like oh yo uh, he's over there can you guys get him hello hello <laughs> crickets oh okay fine i'll go kill myself um <laughs> but yeah it's, it's i i i'm I'm interested in VR as a concept, but everybody who's promoting it as the next wave of the future for gaming, I think it, it, it 
if it does become the next wave of gaming, I think it's becoming a more solitary style than anything else. Um, and and that's that, that's kind of sad to me when uh, like my best experiences in gaming have been a giant group of friends, like all of us together playing the same game, even if it was a 13-inch screen split up into four, you know. Mm-hmm. Very small pieces where all of us could just only look at one side of the screen. We could clearly see what somebody else is doing and cheat by looking at somebody <laughs> else's screen. Um, and and, and I, I don't feel that, that, that connection to games as much anymore. Like, Destiny is a different experience because even though we don't, we're not in the same room, we're kind of experiencing the same thing. And with VR, while it's cool and all, I, I, I think it's. I, there's just something about it that that kind of like how I, I I said about um the division. There's just something about it that turns me off, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. It's just it's just the appeal. I don't. It doesn't appeal to me, um, and I hope that there's a way that there there the, are the people working on on that experience so that you know it just becomes a more well-rounded experience. Um, it has to be more popular than what 3D gaming was. You mean the actual, like, like the uh, the 3DS and stuff? No, well, no, that I mean the the handhelds are a little bit different because that was popular. But you know, as um, 3D TVs were coming out and being pushed, oh, and and 3D, you know, uh, Sports Center 3D, uh, watch your games in in 3D, and and then you know, I remember going to Vegas and sitting there and playing Call of Duty in 3D, and my first reaction was this this isn't going to work <laughs> well like the biggest problem with 3d is is is, is it, there's a couple things first off it's kind of like what happened with when blu-rays first came out you had hd dvds everybody wanted to push their own version of 3d instead of just saying look 3d technology i samsung will use the same technology that you htc will use which, which will be the same technology that you sony will use like everybody like focuses on one format and go from there but no everybody wanted to have their own different format then there were people who had had to have powered glasses then there were people that didn't have to have powered glasses then there was TVs that already had it like the 3DS where it was built in so it wasn't mm-hmm. like because of all these different formats nobody was focused on it all these mm-hmm. developers who had all this content that they could push push out three they were like well, do I put it out on the one that has to have the powered heads or the powered glasses or the unpowered glasses or the ones that are like, like nobody wanted to develop because nobody knew what people were going to use. Mm-hmm. So like at a certain point, they were just like, we're done with this. And mm-hmm. there wasn't enough content out there to really have people saying, you know what, this is a better experience for me. Because I think 3D sports would have been interesting um, to have watched, but because there were all these different formats, all these different um, makers had their own different formats, nobody got f- got focused enough, and it was just it went the way of the dodo, which is, if, if we're seeing that right now with 3D as well, Samsung has their own set, Facebook with Oculus has their own set, um, Sony has their own set, HTC has their own set. At a certain point, like, you guys have to just, you know, Whoever has the most advanced one, who's been working on it the most, you know, go with them, like partner with them, 
have the like for example right now oculus let's face it is the most advanced one they've been working on it the longest go with oculus you know work with them have them develop or, or 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 work with them to develop a version for let's say the samsung galaxy and go with that with that like use that same technology nobody wants to buy seven thousand different versions of 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 virtual reality exactly to play a certain thing mm-hmm. i mean there's people who are already complaining that they can't watch a specific movie on netflix they have to go to hulu at least you know it's like an additional ten dollars a month or whatever it is Mm-hmm. But like at a certain point, like when you have to pay, what is it, two thousand dollars to have a compatible system mm-hmm. for her for three D? Like nobody's gonna want to have to shell out another two thousand over here or another two thousand over here. Um, I saw the prices for the, for the Samsung three D. You have to pay. You have to get the phone, which is off contract six seven hundred dollars. You talking about three D or VR? VR. VR. I'm sorry. He's VR. About VR. Okay. I apologize. VR. Um, but. It, um, it's the same same thing where there's all these different concepts. For Samsung, their VR thing, you have to buy the phone, which is six seven hundred dollars. You have to buy the uh, the headset, which is another five hundred dollars, and that's just way too much money. Like there's there's not enough. Yeah. I think, in fact, I think they they have a deal going where if you buy the phone outright, you get the headset for free, something like yeah. that. But still, yeah, that's an eight hundred dollar. Seven what seven ninety nine for the phone something like that mm-hmm. right like Over that's price. just at a certain point like you you can't keep asking the consumer to spend all this money that they don't have you're just I mean, not gonna be Donald money. Trump but you know but yeah um so that's pretty much it I mean it it's been pretty light on news uh well we there is one last uh, thing uh the the crucible matchmaking patch the damage referee and the matchmaking that they've implemented into stuff such as Control, Trials of Osiris, Iron Banner, supposedly, um, is now in effect in all game modes. And uh, most of the games have been uh, pretty good. Uh, the, the thing I've encountered is I, I feel like I'm walking through the zoo whenever I play Destiny now because <laughs> every time I go on the screen, I get error code Canary, error code Weasel. Error code Dolphin, error code, uh, what is it, Marmoset. Okay. Uh, I've gotten so many different error codes of all different animals, and then every, every so often I'll encounter error code Mary and Barry, and that just makes me chuckle. People that don't know about Mary and Barry <laughs> look that up on Google. It's actually kind of funny. Um, so you, yeah. you don't remember Mary and Barry? Oh, I remember Mary and Barry. Yeah. I don't think Alan knows who Aaron Barry is. I have no idea. I'm like he's too young for this. Yeah, I'm too young for that. He, he was a zygote when Marion Barry came around. <laughs> Dude, not even. I was like the glint in like my parents' eyes. There's nothing. Your father's I was, eyes. I wasn't even a thought at that moment. Yes, he was. You were a no. thought in your dad's eyes. He was about to just destroy your mom. Oh God. Jesus. You just ruined the podcast right there. I'm all right with that. Anyway, (laughs) um, yeah, it's just uh, there's a lot of error codes going on. This podcast is rated R for maturity. Yeah. Um, There's just a lot of error codes going on, and and I don't know if that's a part of the the actual matchmaking or what it is, but I've I've just, it's, it's made it slightly unenjoyable. For me, there is—I don't know. 
Yeah, I have nothing to say on the matchmaking because I haven't played in like a week. I've been taking a break, relax, relaxing a little bit, playing some Bro Force. That shit's fun. <laughs> what about awesome. you, John? Any words on the matchmaking? I really haven't felt or seen a difference. I still see laggers. Um, saw quite a few last night. Yeah, I, I I try not to think about it too much. Yeah, unless it's absolutely noticeable, but yeah, it it doesn't seem like something that they're going to be able to stop until it gets to the point where the the signal is below a certain standard and they kick you from the game. That's it. Yeah, I don't. I really don't see that much of a difference right now. All right. Uh well. Besides that, you guys have any anything else you want to plug or whatever before we wrap this bad boy up? Too many bullet sponges in the division. <laughs> yes, <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> and they're humans. They're humans. Humans can physically not take that much bullets in their body. It's like fifteen bullets to kill one human. <laughs> mm. This is this is where you need a doctor in passing. <laughs> but anyway, um, we thank doctor you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, th- we thank you guys for listening to In Orbit. We're available on a ton of platforms, so make sure you guys are spreading the word. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about our sister podcast here on the Mash Those Buttons Network. We have Double Tap, the fighting game podcast, available the first week of every month. We also have Wow Talk, which is every other week opposite of Watchpoint which is the Overwatch podcast. Wow Talk is obviously the World of Warcraft podcast. Um, and of course, we're in orbit. We're available every other week. Uh, as for connections for our uh, social media, we have at MTB site for Twitter, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, Alan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Escaliente98 or on Twitch at Escaliente, streaming every other day. And John, where can people find you? I can be found on Twitter, Waldy77Gamer. Um, you may find me uh, in in your party or you know, against <laughs> your party in the Crucible, listed under the Technodrome Elite. And, uh, you yeah, know, good luck. alright so on behalf of Waldy and Alan my name is Jorge thank you for listening to episode 20 of In Orbit and we'll see you next time later days bye everyone bye bye